welcome to Awesome with Allison and Eric too. Why I'm, do you, you sound like Goofy falling off a cliff? Well, I always think of it as Piglet. And oh. you're like squeaking behind a log, like it's Winnie the Pooh. And Piglet, like Piglet's just happy to be considered. Okay. I, I see Goofy <laughs> falling off a cliff and his voice is trailing. <laughs> That's kind of maybe more what I sound yeah. like. I'm Allison, and our only goal with this podcast is to help you feel more awesome each time you listen, whether it's by laughing at us, laughing with us. (laughs) I'm sure they do both. (laughs) Or learning something new and helpful. We hope you feel a tad more empowered, lightened up, and awesome than you did before. I'm here with the one and only, the freckled, sexy lover of a man, Mr. Eric Robertson. (laughs) You weren't expecting the freckles. <laughs> oh my god. You gosh. guys know he's got a lot of freckles, this guy. Uh, not important. Well, move he, along. It is important that I paint a visual picture of the stud that I am married to. It's important to me. What are we talking about today? We are so freaking stoked to have you here. This is episode 41 in season two of the Awesome with Allison podcast. And it is called, I was hit by a car part two. So if you missed part one, episode 40, I don't get hit by the car in that episode. (laughs) So I don't want want anyone to be confused. It's unfortunate we didn't catch the sound effects. (laughs) Oh, that is so bad. (laughs) That is terrible. It's episode 40 is I tell the story of well, you guessed it, me being hit by a car. And in all sincerity, I want to thank you guys. We released that last week. And what happened is I had recorded it three weeks after being hit. So we added some narration and background music and a little bit of perspective, like current perspective to it. Then it posted like at midnight. And then I woke up the next day and I had to get a few things done. I've got the workshop. I'll be talking about that in a second. And then I had to go to a brand consulting meeting in Salt Lake. And I was there for four or five hours. And so it wasn't until I drove home in traffic came home and was able to open up my Instagram and start seeing all of the messages of love and support come flooding in. It was really amazing and beautiful and still is really amazing and beautiful. I say this all the time that sharing is caring. I share because I care and you guys sharing with me and also turning around and sharing with your groups of friends online that particular podcast episode. It really meant a lot to me and continues to mean a lot to me. So I want to say thank you again. If you've shared it, if you've listened to it, we really, really appreciate it. This podcast episode is sponsored by me, (laughs) as usual, and Pleasant Pictures Music Club. Ooh, so sexy. Yeah, so sexy. Uh, I have my Build an Awesome Brand Workshop coming up on March 23rd, and I'm going to be really honest with you guys. It is well over halfway sold. So if you are a business owner, a person with a project, an entrepreneur with intention, an entrepreneur with heart multi-million dollar revenue or not even making any revenue yet, this workshop is all about getting clear on what you want to give to this world. And it helps you emotionally connect to the work you're doing, whether you don't like to get emotional or whether you're overly emotional. We help you define and figure out a way to share the things you care about through your business and your brand. And we do so much more than that in the workshop. And I would just really, really love it if you have been feeling this like inkling or in the back of your mind, like that sounds like something that I, I want to know more about. I just want to encourage you to go to allisonsbrandschool.com. That's Allison with one L. And there is a very informative sales page where I go on and on in so much detail. And here's the thing. I do not want you there if the workshop is not a good fit for you because I only want people there who really want to be there. But if you want to be there, if you've been feeling like, oh my gosh, every time Allison talks about that, I think it might be right for me. This is your time. This is it for you. I want you there. So again, thank you so much for letting me talk about the work that helps me monetize the business so we can do this podcast for free. Will there be music again in this episode? I don't know that I can't not do it because of how many responses we got from people saying how much they loved it. Did they? Well, you're the one who told me about it. They did. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, I know they did, but then sometimes I'm wondering if they're just reaching out to you directly. No, you were, you were showing me. Yeah, no, we, again, we, we love it. We appreciate it. So these episodes are special, special episodes. Uh, we've got part one and part two. We are forgoing any of our usual segments so that we can get right into it. And here's what I want to do with this episode. I have seven lessons, and don't worry, I'm going to keep them brief. The only reason I'm sharing them is because I believe that you can find these lessons too in your life if you're going through something hard, if life throws something at you, or if you just want to grow and start looking around at what's happening in your life right now. So I've got seven lessons that I learned from being hit by the car. And then I have one not so fun lesson that I want to talk about briefly. I don't like to dwell on the negative, you know that, but sometimes I think it is important. So I'm going to share the not so fun lesson and how I think we can all be better humans on this planet because I got to learn this not so fun lesson. And then (laughs) I have three action items because you guys know, I believe that insight is cute, but action is what, Eric? Drop dead gorgeous. It makes me so happy you did that right on cue. We do not just want to be cute in this world. We want to be drop dead gorgeous. And this podcast is not about me sitting around being cute, telling you about myself. And You are cute though. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Eric occasionally chiming in to tell me I'm cute. This podcast is about how you can affect real change in your life and feel more awesome than you did before. So right now I want you to think about something that is giving you the... It might be a big... It might be a little... And then I want you to see if you can find one of these lessons in what you're going through. So let's get right into it. The update is I'm doing better. Last week, because I got excited about the workshop, I did a Facebook Live, we did the podcast episode, I did a branding consultation, and I kind of just started operating at full speed Allison again. And I'm going to be very honest with you, I'm actually leaving for Palm Springs in the morning. So when you listen to this podcast episode, I will be in Palm Springs at a blogging conference. And I woke up this morning and I worked on some work. I'm in a ton of pain. I don't think that I overdid it last week. I just think that's one of the things I've learned about healing. It's one step forward, two steps back. So if you see me and you want to give me a huge hug, I appreciate it so much, but just be really light. I had a couple of hugs at church on Sunday that took me out for the rest of the day. (laughs) And I know it sounds dramatic, but um, it's just my right shoulder. If you try not to squeeze it, I still want hugs and loves. You can kiss me, actually. I would love if you just gave me it. That would be so French and so fun. All right. So that's the update. Oh, and somebody pointed out to me that I talked about the MRI in the last episode and then I never said what the results were. Mm. And the results... Let, let, no, let's just keep it... Let's just keep it no, ambiguous. No, the results, the results no, are... No, no, no. It's more fun. You're, you're obviously fine. I'm, yeah, yeah. The bones are <laughs> healing. There's, there's tissue damage. You know, where my ribs broke and the vertebrae broke, there's just... The tissues and all the things are really connected. As you can tell... I should have been a doctor. So lessons <laughs> I've learned from being hit by the car. Number one, the biggest lesson that I learned is humility. So my good bestest love friend, Susan Peterson of Freshly Picked, were dying laughing because literally a month or two before I got hit by the car, I got obsessed with the concept of humility. And she was like, you got to be careful with that. You can't start praying for humility because you don't know what's going to happen. And I said, I didn't pray for it. I just said I was interested in it. And then she keeps saying that to mock me because then I was hit by a car. So this is the conclusion I came to about humility before I was hit. And then I can tell you some ways that I was humbled after. And this is a quote from Dieter Uch and it is humility is not thinking less of ourselves it's thinking of ourselves less and I think I may have shared this quote before on the podcast but this was so eye-opening for me that it's not that we think less of ourselves it's not that we believe we're not capable of great things it's not that we don't strive to grow and dominate and build that empire or build that empire of love in your home that's not what being humble is being humble is thinking of ourselves 
less. And I have found when I am anxiously engaged in trying to build and create, I'm not thinking about myself because I'm not worried about people judging me. I'm not worried about other people thinking of me in this way and that way, right? Humility, I'm thinking about myself way less even if I'm working on my dreams or my project. And so I want to share with you what was the most humbling point for me. There was a couple of humbling points, but one of the biggest ones was it was about the third week in. And during the first week, my mom came to town and she helped with food. My friend Susan would just bring over lunch for me, bring over boxes from Costco with food. And then the second week, my closer friends and people I know who could text me, they were bringing meals. And then it hit about the third week. I was really upset and sad to still be so injured in this third week. It was, you know, a couple weeks after Christmas and it's so many people had helped us. It's just like when you're in that situation, you need so much help. And our 90 year old next door neighbor called and I only answered because I thought it was the doctor calling about my prescription because I hate answering unknown numbers. And she called and said, do you need me to organize meals from the neighborhood, from our church group? I just burst into tears and had to say yes. And the fact that I had to say yes to this like sweet 90-year-old woman arranging other sweet 90-year-old women, like literally some other 90-year-old women (laughs) to bring us meals to our house It was just really humbling for me because I just like to think I can take care of everything myself. And you know what? We could have ordered takeout and we could have had Eric pick up food. But man, when you are in bed all day and you are feeling low and down and out and this 90-year-old neighbor that, like a different 90-year-old that I can't remember her name, shows up with the most delicious chicken and rice meal you have ever had. It is the most beautiful thing in the entire world. It was really humbling. The other thing that has been very humbling about me being hit by a car is that I didn't realize that in almost every single aspect of my life, I am in charge and I am the teacher. (laughs) I am the authority and I am the one who has the information. I do the podcast. I teach workshops. I go and speak as a keynote. Even at church, I teach the little kids. I'm the mom. One of the things that I forced myself to do is I really, really care about not just talking the talk, but walking the walk. This is probably five or six weeks after um, the accident. I started feeling like I should maybe see a counselor or a therapist. And I was starting to feel better though. And I was like, no, I probably don't need to. I'm actually feeling better. A friend was really helpful and she actually just scheduled an appointment for me. And I'm really grateful for that because I needed somebody to help me kind of take that next step and going to the trauma counselor. Honestly, you guys, the only reason I did it is because I said, if I was talking to somebody who I met anywhere and they told me that they had been through what I had been through, I would talk to them with love and compassion and help them see that they probably should go and talk to a counselor. Like I said, I just, I don't want to just talk the talk. I want to walk the walk. And so you should ask yourself, Really, in all honesty and with all humility, what advice would you give somebody that you love? What advice would you give your best friend, your sister, your husband? I want you to talk to yourself as if you were that person. And you've probably heard this advice before, but I want you to actually write it down. I want you to say it out loud because that's what it took for me. I really had to role play this scenario and get really humble and say, I have to practice what I preach. I'm not gonna lie, going to the trauma counselor has been a little rough because it took me a couple of times to adjust to somebody thinking that they could tell me that they know something that I don't know. (laughs) And I didn't know that I was like that especially in that scenario. I'm so happy to say I don't know things in like every scenario, but in terms of like self-awareness, you guys, I have a freaking podcast, you know, like where I talk about self-awareness. Like how is somebody going to tell me? He still is telling me things. Like I said, this is point number one. It, It has been very, very humbling and being humbled is uncomfortable. 
It does not feel good. It does not feel fun. Sometimes it makes me cry, and sometimes it makes me angry, and sometimes it makes me want to shut it off. And so I am grateful because when I am comfortable, I know I am growing. Okay, lesson number two, the importance of intuition. We all want exact answers. How do I know this and say it with such confidence? Because I get email after email and teach workshop after workshop (laughs) to business owners and brands and beautiful people who listen to the podcast. And they say, here is my exact specific case. I want to hear exact specific instructions. And this was the really hard thing about having broken ribs is they don't give you specific instructions. They don't tell you specifically how to heal. And it's so stupid that everyone says, listen to your body. And I'm like, I don't know what my body's saying because my body is saying I can't stand not knowing it and I hate everyone for telling me to listen to it. And I'm so mad and I'm so frustrated. And then the drugs make you crazy. The drugs make you crazy. So you're not making like sound decisions because the drugs make you a crazy person. You're in pain and you're like, how am I supposed to listen to my body? But one morning I woke up, my intuition, I had the very distinct impression to just take Advil, but not take any other drugs. And this was two and a half, this was two weeks after the accident. So I was in a lot of pain. And then I went and I did an activity and I meditated and I centered myself and I was able to clear my head for just two or three hours. And then I called Susan. As you can tell, Susan has been an integral part of my healing process. I called Susan and I started sobbing and I said, I just don't know what to do. I just don't know what to do, except I know exactly what to do. I just don't want to do it. (laughs) And then we were laughing really hard because again, I have to say these things out loud sometimes to realize you know, how I feel. And I knew that I had to send the emails and start canceling. And if I hadn't listened to that intuition of my body telling me, hey, you know what? Just go for a couple of hours and you're gonna be in pain, but we're gonna get some clarity. I had had this thought lingering in the back of my mind that maybe I needed to cancel my keynote and some meetings and a few different things, but I I couldn't bring myself to do it. I couldn't bring myself to do it. And so following that intuition was so important for me. So I live my life and run my business basically by intuition. I felt like I should keep talking, and so I started a podcast. I have this inkling that I should write a book, so I'm going to write a book. And so for me, how I follow my intuition is practice. But it also looks like getting still and centering myself so that I'm not distracting myself so much that I can't hear my intuition. And I think intuition, like any other skill, is something that you have to practice and you have to trust. And sometimes you're going to think it's your intuition when it's not, but like, whatever. I don't know, just from your perspective, because I know there's probably a lot of people listening who aren't like me at all, and so they value your perspective. Well, I think you said it. I think uh, for me, it's being still and being in in control of my mind or letting my mind not be full of stimulus and wandering. Mm. So being calm, meditating, and just being uh, being present definitely leads you to your intuition to be able to feel, I guess, the higher power or the infinite wisdom of the universe, as some authors say. Yeah, it's it's to me, it, it really is being still and what feels right. And sometimes you go along the path of something that you thought was right and you quickly see it's not, but you can course correct. But as, as long as you're trying to let your mind be clear and and you're, and you're trying to be present, you will be able to, like I've, I've been able to follow my intuition better. It's there, but it gets crowded out by so many other things. So you got to give it space. I love that. I think that's awesome. Thank you. Okay, so lesson number three ties really nicely in with that, and you didn't even plan it. And lesson number three I learned is the power of sitting still. I think I talked about this in part one. You'll really have to forgive me because my short-term memory is shot. But in part one, people would say, oh, are your kids so sad? Mom is sick. And I'm like, no, they freaking love it because I never sit still and they love knowing where to find me. It wasn't just my kids. I noticed that um, several of my friends uh, would just text and say, can I swing by? And like, 
the answer was always yes, which is not always the case. And I started to see as a person who was sitting still and didn't have a big agenda and didn't have a big schedule and didn't have all my usual things planned that I was really able to still serve and help others in a different way. It's not in the way that I usually like to do it, but I realized I was starting to get sad because I I felt like, you know, everyone was just helping me and what could I do for other people? And so I started realizing how just sitting still, I became like a touchpad (laughs) for people to stop in and say hello. And it was a really beautiful thing. And something else being able to sit still taught me is I really just started to learn to appreciate and love silence. Which you're not used to. No, no, because even if I'm sitting in silence, my mind is going, going, going. So I try to meditate, to, and that's why I love running, because it really suspends my thoughts. And I couldn't go running. Everyone's like, are you reading books? Are you doing this? Oh, you could be writing. No, I did not feel well enough. I could not string enough thoughts together. I couldn't, I was too fuzzy. It's too fuzzy from the trauma, from the pain. And so I just sat and like Winnie the Pooh, And (laughs) I don't know, there's just so much power in it. Very often with our kids, with Eric, I get home from work and then I want to go somewhere. Or it's Saturday and I want to go somewhere. Being able to sit still and being able to sit in silence, I'm much more happy being at home. That is such a valuable lesson. Like I can appreciate being at home with the ones I love and doing nothing. If that was the only lesson I learned from getting hit by the car, it was worth it. Yeah, I agree. I find so much more joy in our kids. I just, I really believe as a parent, just finding joy in my kids, that's become like my only goal. It makes me appreciate them and try not to change them. It helps me just sit with them. It really has been an amazing, amazing blessing. So lesson number four, I learned to enjoy chatting more. I typically don't like chatting. I like deep conversation, but I also don't like just sitting around and chatting. I like getting things done and moving. But again, I really couldn't do as much. And I began to appreciate and respect people who can just sit and chat so much because People who are our friend Scott Christofferson, he is he's a doer, he's a filmmaker. I mean, that guy gets stuff done, but he's also a really good chatter. And I loved so much. I'm friends with his wife too, but he was one of the first people to say, Can I get you food? And he came over and he brought food and then he just sat and chatted. And he's so fun and easy to talk to, you know? Yeah. It just it was amazing and leads me to lesson number five. I got to watch people shine in a whole new way and witness people who really have the gift of serving. There is a woman, her name is Laura Reed. She is amazing and we really are acquaintances. Our daughters go to school together. Her daughter was supposed to come over and play with Ginger, like I think the day I got hit or the day after I got hit. And so I normally wouldn't have reached out to her and told her this, but I had to say, I got hit by a car. I'm so sorry, we can't have your daughter over. Like I said, she's wonderful. We're acquaintances, we're friends. We text occasionally. She brought me two meals, came and took our kids all day, even offering to take Fiona because she has older kids who would be sweet to her. It was so cool to get to know her better and just be like, holy crap, I would have never known how amazing she is. The way that she would text and would say, I'm gonna bring you a meal. It Does this day or this day work better? I'm gonna have your kids over. Does this day or this day work better? She was so good at just getting me to accept her help. When I did need help, I, I felt comfortable reaching out her and other friends who I love and cherish and think they're great and I think that I know them other friends you know from different realms of my life who just really are good at serving in this type of situation like I got to witness them do something that they're amazing at and I feel like that's such a privilege to get to watch people do what they're good at especially people that I know and I love and then get to see them shine in a whole new light. It was just really awesome. And I feel like I learned so much about how to serve and how to have empathy from the examples of these amazing people who were serving me. Lesson number six that I learned is that I am so, so, so hard on myself. This is coming off of 
2017, the year of Awesome with Allison, the year of me not having breakdowns and my anxiety cutting down to like, let's say my anxiety like was at a, a 10. I'd say I'd put my anxiety at like a three or a four in yeah. 2017. Like yeah. I, mindfulness, meditation, running, changing bad thought processes. I mean, go back and listen to episodes one through 39. I felt like I was in the best place. I was in the best place of my life when I got hit. I was in good shape. I was in good mental shape, good emotional shape. This still showed me how ridiculously hard I am on myself. It's disgusting. It really is upsetting. You shouldn't say it's disgusting because there I am being hard on myself. But the reason why I think it's disgusting is because we do not recognize it. I wrote a lot in my phone because I wasn't sharing on Instagram and I wasn't sharing anywhere as much. And so I would just write and write in my phone when I when I would have these minutes of clarity. I wrote, do not believe the lie that you can hate yourself and be a good person. Now, I'm not trying to say you're a bad person if you hate yourself. I'm saying that we can only love and accept other people, forgive other people, serve other people to the degree that we love, accept, and serve and give to ourselves. So I do believe that if you really hate yourself, you do not have as much of the capacity to give to this world. Now, you might not actively be causing harm to anyone. Again, I'm not trying to shame anyone or say you're a bad person. I'm just saying you are not going to be able to serve the world when you hate yourself. You cannot do what you feel called to freaking do when you hate yourself. And so I'm so grateful that I could see to a whole nother level how hard I was on myself. And I really believe the reason I could see it is because I had just had this incredibly hard thing happen and I was still just so hard on myself for not getting things done or not healing faster or not doing this and not doing that. And so you might think you're hard on yourself. I want you to multiply it by 10 and then I want us to all give ourselves a freaking break. Which brings us to lesson number seven. These all really worked out flowing into one another. And I didn't even plan it that way. (laughs) Number seven. I realized, I learned the lesson that I hadn't taken a break in over 10 years. Now, had we gone on vacation? Yes. Have I given birth to babies? Yes. Have I given myself a break from the expectation of creating content and creating work to share in over 10 years? No, I hadn't. Wow. I just didn't realize I hadn't truly taken a break because I hadn't taken one. So I didn't know what it actually felt like. I didn't know what it actually felt like to go to a Sundance after party and be 20 feet away from RuPaul, who I love more than anybody on the planet. Thank you. Yeah, sorry, I love you too. I didn't even share it on Instagram. I didn't even share it. I've got pictures. Maybe I'll share it later. You guys, it was so much fun. It was so much fun. I loved not posting on Instagram. I loved not doing the podcast. I loved just living and not even thinking about how I could be doing more or that I should be doing more. You know, unfortunately, it took me probably, let's say I really had like a six or seven week break. It took me, I'd say like three or four of the weeks to really like allow myself to take the break. But man, it was awesome. And now I'm, and now that I'm back, I'm super excited to be back and I'm going to do it more often. I'm going to take breaks more often. Yeah. I mean, you don't even know you're not taking a break because you don't know what a real break feels like. And I think a real break is when you remove the expectations. So now I wanna share, back to sharing online and all the lessons and all the things, I wanna share my not so fun lesson that I learned about going through trauma and more specifically about going through trauma in the day and age of the internet. This was a completely unforeseen reality that I just could have never 
anticipated, but it makes a ton of sense. And I've spoken to a lot of people and it is very, very common. And when I spoke to other people and realized how common it was, then I was able to not take it so personally. And I was able to feel a lot of relief actually. And so I'm going to share it because one, I hope to provide or offer relief to anyone who's also gone through this, but also because I think we can all up our game and live our lives a little better. So this is what I learned about going through trauma in the internet age. Trauma induces judgment. I didn't think that after being hit by a car and genuinely trying to share in a way that was helpful and positive and not like for any other reason other than that's just what it felt natural for me to do. I didn't realize that that could offend or cause harsh judgment in someone else. And I know that's just me being naive, maybe, but I really just, I just didn't know that that would happen. And so I just want to say that the way that I responded and the way that I behaved right after I was hit, I don't regret at all. I'm just saying it's not exactly what I would have expected myself to do. I'm very surprised that for the first couple weeks, I actually wanted to share and I wanted to post. Um, I didn't stop posting until a couple weeks later. And truly what I think it was, was I was in shock and on heavy pain medication and I was in shock. And that was my way of coping. That was my way of dealing. I wasn't trying or aiming for any specific outcome other than that is what it felt natural and right for me to do. Somebody sent me a direct message. I want to point out thousands, not hundreds, thousands of positive messages, comments, love, email, text, calls, thousands. I got one direct message and it started with, I'm not usually the type of person to ever do anything like this. Ding, red alert, red flags, sirens. If you ever start a text message, a conversation, an email, a direct message, if those words ever leave your lips in a negative way, I'm not usually the type of person to stop, stop. If you're not usually the type of person to, then don't do it. If you're not usually the type of person to say stuff like that, why start now? Why start now? The message went on to say, I'm not usually the type of person to ever say anything negative to anyone on the internet, but you are just so terrible, I had to. You're a bad follow, you're an insensitive person. They could not believe that I was laughing after being hit by a car, how completely horrible of me, how insensitive of me. They were gonna unfollow me and shame on me. And there was more, but honestly, I can't tell you more because I deleted it right after because I don't wanna be able to see it again. It wrecked me. It wrecked me. Now, I shared in episode 40 that I had um, a hard emotional hit. This isn't even that. I had something else happen. <laughs> I had something else happen, okay? This was, I got hit by a car, then I got kicked in the face by a steel toe boot, and then like somebody ran over my head. This was the person running over my head. It broke me. And let me tell you why. I just believed it. I just believed it. I was so vulnerable and so low and so foggy and in so much shock that I thought, oh my gosh, I, how did, I am being terrible. Oh, I feel so bad. I can't believe I acted this way. Oh no, oh no. How many people have I offended? Oh no, I can't take it back. So many people have seen this. What should I do? I mean, you guys, Eric, like how, like how many days? Probably a couple weeks. I could hardly recover from this. Now, again, focus on the positive, focus, and you guys might even be thinking that's not even that bad. But for me in that place, what I care about, I try to be really sensitive. I try to be really positive. It just was so mean. It, it hurt my feelings so much. And it also made me think that I should quit and give up and that I was doing more harm than good. That's not true because the evidence, the sheer volume of evidence does not suggest that. But it didn't matter. I was in such a vulnerable place and it wrecked me. It wrecked me. It wrecked me. It hurt so much. But here's the thing. I do not believe that this person is a bad person. 
She's not a bad person. She's not a bad person. She just said a really not good thing in a really not good moment. And when people go through trauma, when something awful happens, judgment happens because we want to separate ourselves from the trauma. We want to separate ourselves from the situation. Or maybe it triggers something in us and we start bringing to that story a whole nother narrative. Okay? So the reason I'm sharing this is because I know that in my life, I am sure I have said or done or not said something where the way this woman crushed me, I have crushed somebody else. And that makes me sick. And I hate it. And I hate it so much. I don't want it to be true. And that's why we judge one another. It shows us something that makes us so sick that we don't want to be true about ourselves. So we judge and we separate and we push away. And so I have to forgive her. And I do. I forgive her. I know she's not a bad person. I don't know her name. I don't need to know her name. I don't even need an apology from her. Because one, it taught me such a valuable lesson. It made me stronger. And two, I know she's not a bad person. I don't normally get into the negative or want to tell you guys a negative comment and also I love you so much but I also don't need people emailing me and telling me to shake off the haters and to not listen to what people say guys I know I know I'm only sharing because we all are that person sometimes and so if you feel compelled to put judgment on someone who's going through something and handling it not the way that you would handle it just remember like you never know how you would handle it. You never know what you're gonna need to do. And also give people a little bit of grace because I truly was in shock. I was in shock and you can go watch it in my stories. Like I'm so out of it, I'm laughing. I'm like, oh, here I just got out of the emergency room. Yeah, and I watch it now and I don't laugh when I watch it. I'm not laughing when I watch it. I was in shock. That is a girl who is in shock. If you wanna see what shock looks like, go and watch those stories. Okay, that was my truth in that moment. That was my truth in that moment. That was the absolute best I could do. I want to sincerely apologize if anybody was offended or if it was callous. I want to sincerely apologize because it was the best I could do, but that doesn't mean that it's always good enough. So that lesson, the not so fun lesson is if you're going through trauma and you have loved ones, friends, strangers on the internet who are telling you that you're going through it wrong, who are judging the way you're doing it, just know that it's, it doesn't have anything to do with you. It doesn't have anything to do with you. Other people's judgment has nothing to do with you. And I saw this as a meme once, and it's my favorite thing in the world. And it says, if you have a problem with me, call me. And if you don't have my phone number, you don't know me well enough to have a problem with me. <laughs> a problem with me. So good rule of thumb with strangers on the internet even if they're sharing their story. The logic that people sharing on the internet deserve to be reamed for sharing is genuinely the same logic that women who are walking on the street deserve to be assaulted. It is the same logic. People going out, Oprah's quote, you know, sharing our truth, speaking our truth is the most powerful tool that we have in her Golden Globe speech. Oh, speaking our truth is the most powerful tool we have. If you're out there using that tool, people are gonna speak up, they are, but I just don't, I don't believe that you're like, oh, people are speaking up, I have the right to, you know, hammer them. I just don't believe that. We have the right to have conversations. We have the right to try to understand one another. We don't have the right to just berate and ridicule one another, especially when you're in a really vulnerable place. Now, I want to leave this on a positive note. I don't like to go into the negative, but I just hope we can all try to be a little bit kinder and a little bit softer and a little less harsh in our judgment. And I am challenging myself to do the same thing. So now I wanna leave you on this note, three things that you can do when life hits you with a car. Like we talked about in episode 40, there's all types of unexpected plot twists in our story. And that's all that being hit for me, luckily, by the grace of God, was it was just a plot twist. It's not my whole story. It's not. I'm not the girl who got hit by a car. I'm Allison, 
And yes, I did get hit by a car, but that's not my story. It's just a tiny part of it. Just like whatever hard thing is happening to you or what you're going through, it's not your whole story. It's just a tiny part of it. But when it happens, here's three things that I have found helpful. Reassign your good habits. When trauma, tragedy, injury strikes, you probably have a few good habits that when that trauma strikes, you let go of. Now, for example, for me, my good habits were all tied to physical movement. So I did my gratitude practices when I was on a run. I did my anxiety and stress release by getting outside and walking. And so what I started to realize about three or four weeks in is that because my schedule was so completely thrown for a loop, my good habits were just going down the drain. I was starting to come out of the really hard pain that's just so like mind numbing, you can't think of anything else. And I was too injured to really do anything, but not so injured that I wasn't aware of what I wasn't doing. And I started to get really depressed. My sister called and I said, I think I'm in a mild depression. And then we started laughing and we're like, I think I'm in a mild to severe depression (laughs) because that's what was happening. I needed to reassign my good habits. So I started getting back to my five minute journal where I write down some things that I'm grateful for in the morning. And I reassigned my gratitude walks to gratitude baths. So as the bathtub was filling up with water, I would um, say things that I was grateful for and do like a mini gratitude practice in the bath. So if you're going through a hard time, especially if you have a physical injury that is causing you to completely rearrange your schedule, it can be really hard because all of these things, like I get a lot of downtime and alone time driving in my car. I And I didn't have that anymore. And I was used to listening to books, but sitting in my bed listening to books felt odd to me. So I started like reading paper, like actual pages again. You know, I read like a couple of books when I felt well enough. Just reassign those good habits, which means look at your life, look at your schedule and say, what things is this trauma or tragedy or incident rearranging. And so maybe I'm losing some stuff that I didn't even realize was really beneficial to my life. And how can I reassign those positive things that I do? So that's tip number one. Tip number two is you need to rediscover what makes you happy. So I remember around week three or four, Eric sitting at the end of the bed and just saying, what sounds like fun? I just looked at him and I just said nothing just nothing because I couldn't do much and like I said I just couldn't believe I wasn't better yet I felt useless and depressed I decided that putting my makeup on like really slowly in front of my new vanity made me happy because I would turn on Diana Ross and the Supremes And I'm realizing that over the last month or so, I've started listening to um, all the music I listened to like in my childhood and teens. I think that's really interesting because I think it's like a comfort thing. Diana Ross and the Supremes, and I'd put on my makeup out, had nowhere to go. But the act of taking a bath and getting ready, even though that was all I had to do, I just really enjoyed it. And so I started doing that more. Then I also started to brainstorm people who I would like to have and come visit me in my bed. Those were the two things that I did to kind of rediscover what makes you happy. And the thing to give yourself grace and kindness for is it might be different than things that used to make you happy. Honestly, sitting and doing my makeup slowly and chatting in my bed are things that would have stressed me out before. Also, just because somebody else is trying to tell you that it's going to make you happy does and, and is fun doesn't mean that it's actually going to make things happy and fun for you. So you need to ask yourself and try to rediscover some things that are fun for you in this unique phase of your life. And the third tip for what to do when life hits you with that car or whatever that unexpected plot twist is, is pay attention to what happens when you're still. Pay attention to what happens when you sit still. When you sit still, 
Do you burst into tears? When you sit still, do you feel calm? When you sit still, do you replay some story of a hurtful thing that somebody said to you over and over? Why are you replaying that story? What is it that really upsets you? What is it that you really can't forgive? What is it that it makes you feel about yourself? Sit in the stillness and try to see what happens. And the surprising thing for me when I would sit in the stillness is that I liked it. Eric would walk in and people would walk in and I literally would just be sitting in my bed. It also helped me get in tune with my intuition and really pay attention to my body instead of just saying, oh, it's time for my pain pills. Sit in that stillness and say, does my body need those? Does my body need um, a healthy meal? Does my body need a walk around the house? Right? Try to sit in stillness and just really be super curious and non judgmental about what you find. That is it. That's all I have to say. That's all? You sure? I, I know. Eric's like, this is going to be a really long one. And I'm like, oh, I don't think it will be a really long one. <laughs> He's always right. So, you guys, there you have it. Seven lessons I learned from being hit by the car. Oh, there's so much more. One not-so-fun lesson that I hope really helps us all be more compassionate with ourselves, be more compassionate with other people. And then three things to do when life hits you with a car. Reassign your good habits, rediscover what makes you happy, and pay attention to what happens when you're still. Aside from all of this, I want to say thank you. Thank you so much for hanging around while I took a break. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for your prayers, for your well wishes, for your comments. I'm still healing, I'm still in pain, but I definitely am feeling a lot more like myself. I'm really lucky and I'm just really, really grateful because I really believe that, that all of the lessons that I've learned over the past couple of months are gonna make me a better teacher, a more empathetic human, and I'm really excited. And so I want to remind you about my Build an Awesome Brand workshop. If that sounds like something that is in your vein of interest, allisonsbrandschool.com. The tickets, especially after the podcast episode releases, I always sell a big bunch of tickets. And so if you're thinking I'll wait to the next workshop, don't if you can, because so many people have said that I, I could probably sell the next workshop right now. So if you can come in March, I would love to have you. Eric, tell them about Pleasant Pictures Music Club and the music they've been listening to. Well, this music is available for license. You know, any uh, content you make is definitely improved by music. Music doesn't require visuals. In fact, when you walk into a room and you hear some good music on the TV, your eyes are drawn to the TV. It, it's, oh, yeah. it, it connects you. So that's what I'm doing. Is uh, I've composed this library with my buddy Stu, and you can license these songs for any of your projects. If you're a video maker, if you're a vlogger, whatever you need music for to up your quality, uh, up your content, Pleasant Pictures Music Club. And it's pleasantpictures.com. The, the address is pleasantpictures.club. Oh, so we had one um, email, somebody saying, I'd love to hear Eric's point of view. Eric, and I was like, it will take about one sentence. Do you want to say your point of view of what it was like when I got hit? Well, yeah, um, I've broken bones before and been laid up in bed. And so um, I kind of knew it's, it's easier for the person who's not injured and has gone through something else to know that it's going to be okay and it's just going to take a lot of time where you hadn't been injured dressed you know traumatically before like that and so when you're watching someone who's going through it i think it's just really important to to stay cool and let them let them have their moments but it will the sun will come up you know after a couple months or weeks or what however long it takes eventually everything will be fine i knew i knew that you would come out of it and there were some dark days but I knew that it would be fine and so well I think the interest was like was it just horrible for you to see me and like was panic and honestly I think you said just you heard me talking so you knew I was fine. oh yeah when I went up to the scene <laughs> of course I was worried but then I got up to the scene and you were telling everyone to not call the ambulance I'm like okay she's obviously injured but she's mentally but she's fine still Allison, yeah so. I'm like people break bones all the time it's gonna be okay <laughs> it's like if so you, if you if, were looking for some big dramatic gesture of like Eric's so grateful he's never loved me more no that's not what's happening 
she got hit by a car and it sucked. But guess what? She learned a ton and she's back. So that's awesome. And you got a dog out of it. I got a dog. So everybody, everybody won really. Yeah. Everyone's a winner. <laughs> All right. We want to thank you guys so much for listening. And man, I'm going to not be so heavy and long in the next one, guys. Prove it. I'm going to keep it light and fun. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm going to do. And if you share this episode, sharing is caring. And we're going to read reviews next time. And the sun will come out tomorrow. That was pretty bad. Don't, don't include that. <laughs> and hey, hey, hey. I want to remind you. Only you can be you, and you're already as awesome as you need to be. Eric, what are you going to take us out on? New Shack released a brand new single and video called... Cherry. This is it. Thank you.